good to go. With more of the Matt Wyatt Show. Coming to you direct and live. Back with you. Here we go. Hour two of the show rolling along with you. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team. I'm here. You're here. Thank goodness you're here. Beaver is here. Going to check in with Beaver in just a sec. You can be a part of the show. You can comment on the live stream on the Murray West live thread. If you're on Facebook, YouTube, hi to y'all. Just type a comment in there, and we can uh, make it a part of the conversation. You can text me on the country pleasing text line. Got that number on the screen for you there in case you need it, 885 3776 Phone lines are open to you also. Number to call, 995-1059. That's a 601 number. 995-1059. Let's see if we can check in with B. Hey, B. Hey, Matt Wyatt. How's life treating you on a Monday? It's all right. No complaints. I did, without going into any details earlier, I did let the cat out of the bag that Bill thought Christmas was next week. (laughs) (laughs) But I didn't give out any details. You know know what, though? (laughs) What? I did the same. Oh, my goodness. So, this is a problem now that I say this out loud. I did the same thing at Thanksgiving. Two, no, the week before. The Monday before, Little C asked me, hey, is Thanksgiving next week or is it two weeks from now? <laughs> and I told her, in all honesty, what I thought I thought it was two weeks. Mm-hmm. And I said two weeks, and then I realized it was ten days away. Now Bill has done the exact same thing for Christmas, but <laughs> here's the thing. Bill is 30 years older than me, so his brain slipping a little bit there <laughs> is, oh, it's it's... It's not the same as mine. Not the same okay, as yours. <laughs> so that's a that's a problem. Yep. Now that I say this out loud, that's a me problem. That's a you problem. Yeah, it isn't. It? I mean, age contributes. I mean, it really does. Although it has, it's been going on a while for me. Like uh, Anna Beth reminded me the other day, Beaver. She said, "I'll never forget." She's like, "I I had this big celebration plan for your birthday when we were dating." And I think what age was I think she said you were you were um turning thirty. And I remember we went like we went to Memphis and we were having dinner up there and we went to a show and all that. She said, and you looked at me and you said, This all kind of seems like kind of blowing it out of proportion for somebody's twenty ninth birthday. And she said, I looked at you and said, Matt, you're thirty. It's your thirtieth birthday. That's why we're doing it. <laughs> And I that, and that hit me. I remember. Oh yeah, that's right. I did, and it went both ways for me. I had a period of time there in my late twenties where I completely lost track of my age. And one year, the entire year, I thought I was a year older than I was, and then I had another year. The whole year, I thought I was a year younger than I was. <laughs> so I mean, it can happen, but I guess to some, it happens earlier than other. But but on this birthday, y'all, I got a gift. I sent beaver a video of it and his response was musical cookies exclamation point question mark 
And what it was is a, a can of sugar cookies. And on the front, it's all Charlie Brown and Snoopy themed, which I'm a huge Charlie Brown fan. And it has a button on the front of the box, and it says, Holiday Music and Lights, Push to Play Sugar Cookies. And you press a button, and the whole can, the whole cookie tin starts lighting up. The Christmas trees light up, and it goes, and plays Charlie Brown music. And Beaver, I assumed you had questions about that. You told me earlier we needed to talk about it. Yeah, I, I thought it was odd. First off, <laughs> I had anything you can add music and lights to, I'm for. So oh. I thought that was neat. That 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 was a nice addition. Yeah. But it's it was so random and it came out of nowhere <laughs> that I, I I had to question. Yeah, what it is is my. As far as gifts and cards and things I got from Annabeth and Mary Liddy for my birthday, they were all, um, it, it was all pretty much Peanuts themed, Charlie Brown themed. I'm just a huge fan of Charles Schultz, the creator, the, the Peanuts cartoons and, uh, and, and those and stuff. And so anyway, they, so that's what that was. And inside were, um, it's like inside that can of Charlie Brown cookies, Beaver, you know, the, the, the assortment of Christmas cookies that come in the same can that you've seen your whole life, they come in a little round can, and there's a little paper seal on top, and then inside is an assortment of different sugar cookies, like the one that's shaped like a wreath with green sprinkles on it, and there's one shaped like a, shaped like a bell. You know you know what I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. That's what this is, basically. That's what these are. And they're good. They're good. And man, they gave me a, like my favorite cake. Now, Beaver, I'm, I'm fully prepared for you to tell me if this is faux pas. But they gave me my favorite kind of cake for my birthday. A cheesecake. <laughs> and yes, we actually put candles in the cheesecake um oh pa yeah i mean wyatt there is nothing wrong okay with a cheesecake well see some people will look at you and tell you oh it ain't a birthday cake if it's not you know if it wasn't made with flour and eggs and a real cake with icing on it i'm like some people tell you cheesecake's not a real cake but it is so i'm glad i actually argue that it's more pie Okay. Because it's got a crust, but it's still yeah. delicious, so who cares? <laughs> yeah, just put the candles in it, blow them out, serve it up. And just serve it up. Yeah, so good birthday. But, yes, musical cookies. Oh, Beef, you know, I got, I got two things I needed as birthday gifts. Number one, I got a new wallet, okay, because you know how it is when you walk around with as much cash as I do. You go through wallets a lot. No, I'm kidding. Totally kidding on that. But I had had the same wallet for years and years, and it's completely worn out, coming apart. So I got a new wallet, which I needed, and an arc lighter. What this, you know, be like everybody keeps those lighters handy in the house for like lighting the grill and light candles but it's got the long stem on it. it's like you hold it in your hands it's got this long stem and you click 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 and it lights the end of it 
like you pull the trigger and it lights the end, those lighters, it's got the lighter fluid in it. Not the cigarette lighter, but, you know, like the... Anyway, this thing is totally electric. You plug it in via USB and just charge it up. You, you keep it charged up like a phone or whatever. You turn the switch on, and when you hit the button, there's these two things at the end of it, like crab claws. And between those two claws goes, bzzz, and it's a, a little electric current that's arcing between. And anything you touch with that electric current catches on fire. And it is cool. I lit all kinds of stuff last night. I'm like, give me, let's, let's burn something else. <laughs> and Annabeth was so funny because she goes, I'm glad you like that. She said, because even when I bought it, I had no clue what it was. She said, I didn't know what the, all it said was it could start fires. I figured you'd like it. <laughs> and I do. It's almost too fun to play with. It's like, let's see if it'll light that on fire right there. Hold that up. Bzzz. It's great. Well, that's only slightly concerning that you're walking around wondering, <laughs> what can I set on fire? <clears throat> well, it's so easily concealable. Okay, and Beaver, you only push a button. All right? You don't, it's not like a cigarette lighter where you got to kind of physically flick it. <laughs> and that would be hard to conceal. I'm saying, <clears throat> I, if it's, I'm just going to say this. When I was on the high school baseball team, it's a good thing these things didn't exist because I'd have had a good time with pranks in the dugout setting on fire some shoelaces. Because you could do it and no one would ever even hear a thing until it's snap, crackling, and popping over there. <laughs> so I, Flowtown goes Texas, and he goes, so you got a mini stun gun. Well, I mean, maybe, but the thing is, it, it's a small, you couldn't put hardly, I mean, it's like barely big enough space to stick a matchstick in, you know, or a little piece of wood or something, you know, but you, I mean, you can't go around just like, it's not, it's not a huge electrical arc, <laughs> but anyway, so, so far, I mean, it's been a really good birthday, really good birthday. Uh, I wanted to read uh, a text that I got in the commercial break from Mailman David. Because to me, this is very important. Because I got lots of questions and, and I am automatically jealous. Mailman David said, I'm not saying that my church's Christmas program was better than anyone else's, but it did have the drum line from the sonic boom performing in it. church Christmas program had the sonic boom drumline in it. What kind of praise in the Lord are y'all doing? <laughs> I mean, I'm so jealous I can't see straight. And I'm actually kind of mad you didn't give me a heads up. Was there an online stream of it, David? Is your church streaming online? Tell the truth. Listen to him. Can you imagine? Silent night. Oh, come all you faithful. <laughs> I mean, it's great. 
I need details, David. I want to see the stream. And uh, we mentioned the fish hatchery in Enid, the Bob Tyler fish hatchery in Enid. And Jeremy says he took his kids there last year and they loved it. Got an aquarium, museum, fish tanks. You can feed the fish in there. He said it's a great place to see. I got to go see that. Thanks for sending me along. The sonic boom in the Christmas program. It not get much better than that. All right. I want to share this from the end of the first hour. If you're just tuning in, I shared with you a story that you can read yourself. It's at the Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks website, mdwfp.com. Rainbow trout have been stocked in the, uh, the pond, the bank fishing pond adjacent to Lake Lamar Bruce in South Tillow, Mississippi, just north of Tupelo. Open to the public if you got a license. Rainbow trout, they will live and thrive and bite your lure in cold, cold weather. And as soon as it warms up, they, they're dead. They can't handle it. That's why they don't live down here and survive naturally. But this time of year, it was cold enough. These fish were donated. They put them in that pond. You can go catch them right now. You can go catch them. Rainbow trout, public body of water to fish in. I want to go. And so we were talking about that, and Brooks texted the show and sent me two pictures. And, man, this is awesome. He's sitting there on this uh, knee-high creek in the Georgia mountains near Helen, Georgia. Beautiful scenery and setting. Holding what looks to be somewhere in the neighborhood of anywhere from a 13 to maybe a 15-inch rainbow trout that he caught fly fishing in that creek, in that stream in Georgia. And he said he caught about 20 a couple of years ago on the Chattahoochee River there. Fly fishing, he says, was much more fun than I thought. That was in December in Helen, Georgia. And I promise you it's cold up there. A lot of people go to Helen, Georgia, and they sightsee, and they go there in the summer, and they ride rafts and stuff on the Chattahoochee up there. But he went fishing. And I had asked him, I said, so you can go get like a short-term license? And he said, if so, you can just walk up anywhere and fish anywhere you want to. And he said, yes. He said, you just get a day license. He said it was a half-day guided trip. And it was a Christmas present from his mother-in-law. They had a three-mile stretch of river that was private for them. Catch and release. Okay, that makes sense. He said, there are plenty of public spots, though, where people just pull off the road and walk down to the bank, fish and wade and everything. So you, sir, have my attention. This right here is a good idea. I'm going to screenshot that. Uh-huh. I'm going to screenshot that, and I'm going to send that to the homecoming queen. And we'll see where it goes. Thanks for sending that along, Brooks. I appreciate it very much. The uh, Christmas cookies I was talking about, we all know what they are. Sugar cookies come in a decorative tin, shaped like Christmas things. Uh, somebody texted and said they always called those sewing cookies. <laughs> why? Why are they called? Why would you call them that? I need to know the reasoning, the joke behind it. Sewing cookies. 
See, Walton's in my ne neck of the my neighborhood. He's thinking like me. Walton says his wedding cake was three-layer cheesecake. Yes, sir. Bring that on. Jason in Flagstaff, Arizona, text the show, and he says um, they ought to put some in that pond at Tishomingo State Park. That thing's almost entirely spring-fed through the rocks. Bear Creek through there, too. He says, always chilly water outside of when it dries up in the summertime. And then he sent me a picture of one of the sources, a tiny stream just below that lake, straight out of the rocks and cold, he says, for what it's worth. And maybe it would work. But the thing would be then, I guess, the thing about the bank fishing pond at Lake Lamar Bruce is that it they can totally control whatever, uh, you know, however many they, what was it, they said 700 that they stocked in there. They're not going anywhere else. They can't get out of there, you know, so it's no deal of them going upstream anywhere or anything like that. Jake from Yazoo. Gave us a Jerry Clower haul. <laughs> and then says, Matt, he said, if you'll notice, dogs and animals can't stand the buzz of that arc lighter. Yeah, when you do turn it on, it kind of goes, bzz, 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 makes a little buzzing sound. But you say that animals can't stand it. Hmm. Not that I would ever, you know, intentionally do it around some poor animal just to see how they react. I mean, I'll just have to take you... <laughs> I'll just have to take your word for it. <clears throat> See, and there's my man Russ on Facebook on the Murray West live thread. Go to murraywest.com. Speaking of, if you need your logo embroidered on anything, custom apparel or otherwise, for your brand, for your team, your business, your church, you know, uniforms, shirts, sweatshirts, whatever it is, custom embroidery, contract embroidery right there right here in mississippi been doing it since 96 this is a great company they do a fantastic job ask just about any high school athletics program in the state go there murray west you can find them online at murraywest.com russ said sounds like my son and i are headed to the lake this weekend you need to take christian up there russ and uh, see what you can do because the, the thing that i read Again, you can look, look at that at mdwfp.com, but what it said was people have had some success catching those rainbow trout that they stocked in there with inline spinners, like a, like a small rooster tail, small grubs, you know, like a little teeny tiny, real small grub, and then kernel corn. Put a piece of corn on a hook and throw it out there <laughs> and just wait and see what happens. All right, over to the phone line, the Divini Equipment phone line, Divini Equipment, Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer, the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S., in fact. Means they've been doing it better, longer than anyone else right here at home at Divini. Got Jimmy on line one. What's up, Jimmy? Hey, Matt. Um, happy Monday. You ever go red snapper fishing or shark fishing or uh – Anything like that? You ever? No. Get down to the golf? No, but man, I would love you to. I, you know, I sure do love yeah. eating that kind of fish, but I have never gone in there and caught them myself. Man, you talking about catching some boys that are big, you know? And you you can put two uh, hooks on each line, so sometimes you might try to 
get two at the same time. Okay. And, you know, you just use the, uh, which I understand is different, you use the sonar to take you to a uh, different spot, and you can kind of see how busy it is. But um, it's a lot of fun, and it's uh, good eating, and um, it's yes. healthy. So yeah, for sure. I'm all for it. Hey, Matt, I had to ask you about this boy. Y'all picked up a guy named um, uh, Shapin. Blake, mm-hmm. what's his name? Blake Shapin. Blake Shapin, yeah. And he graduated from Evangel Christian Academy in Shreveport, Louisiana. Yeah, okay. And he played for Baylor for three years. Is he a real good uh, quarterback, and have you seen him play or anything? Okay, I have watched him on television, and and that was before. You know, I watched him. I remember watching him when he was a freshman playing in a bowl game. I think he played against Ole Miss in their bowl game in that in that Sugar Bowl that year, maybe or got hurt or something. I don't remember exactly, but I have seen him play a little bit. Yes. And he's a good he's a good QB and obviously has some kind of connection to Jeff Levy. Yeah. And I I think Je- Jeff Levy is his recruiting is going to be a big key to Mississippi State's comeback. And y'all, I think he's a good coach. And I think that um, there's a lot of players that are in the transfer portal. Hey, and, and Jimmy, uh, I'm, here's what I'm going to do. Um, when we come back from the break, because you've asked about it now, and I got someone else here on the live thread asking about it, you know, the quarterback position at state and recruiting as it pertains to that. And we'll we'll touch on that next, okay? And I appreciate the phone call and the question. Thank you. Right. Jimmy's asking about Blake Shapin coming from Baylor. Touched on it in the first hour. Let's break it down a little bit when we come back. I'm Matt. Stick around. Ready to talk sports the Mississippi way with you. So get in on the conversation and tell him what you think. All right, back with you. I'm Matt. In the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau Insurance, go with the home team. They are your home team. All right, so... Uh, there were some questions uh, Jimmy called and was asking about quarterbacks at State or mentioning some of those. And A.B. had a comment earlier here on the Murray West live thread. MurrayWest.com, contract embroidery company right here at home in Mississippi. Uh, A.B. said, uh, hey, Matt, what do you think about MSU quarterbacks? Baylor transfer Blake Shapin. Ah, I couldn't help it. Uh, when all that went down, I said, hey, things are uh, shaping up. I, look, I know the jokes write themselves. I, I couldn't help it. I had to throw that one out there. But he said, Blake Shapin and high school commit Michael Van Buren. What's a great name? Van Buren. A.B. said, Shapin's YouTube vids look amazing, and Van Buren was once an Oregon commit. Your thoughts? Well, I don't know really anything about the high school kid, you know, other than what you can can read kind of on the surface who's you say was committed to Oregon at one point. They usually recruit good quarterbacks. Um, and that's great. I don't know. My my approach on a lot of the high school recruiting stuff, you know, for, for several years now has been I just, I, you know, I don't follow it anymore. I can't really have much value on it. Um, with those guys, for me, it's just my take on it, my approach, and I realize it would not be the best approach for everybody, but my approach on it is – 
you know, when they are there and they're on the team, tell me when practice starts and give me a roster, and I'll watch them and get to know what jersey number they wear, and we'll start there. But I'm not wasting any of my time worrying about commitments and quote-unquote commitments and you know, I can't even keep up with when signing day is anymore. But anyway, uh, regarding a, a guy who's played in college like Blake Shapin from Baylor, I followed, you know, other games over the last three, four years, you know, from other teams just enough to catch him on TV a couple times. I do remember, again, I, I keep wanting to go back to it. Seems like a, it was, um, seems like it was maybe a game against an SEC team, and I, I may be drawing some blanks on that. Anyway, I, I do remember seeing him some as a freshman and thinking, okay, you know, he handled himself pretty well for a kid who was straight out of high school to get forced into that ball game. You know, certainly seemed to be athletic enough. I, he's not listed as a very big guy, you know, six feet, whatever. Six feet, 200 pounds, but you don't have to be big anymore. I mean, in fact, some of these offenses, you know, with the, the things that incorporate a lot of the zone reading, the RPO stuff, if – if the big, huge size isn't a tremendous advantage to you from a running standpoint, like maybe a few years ago a K.J. Jefferson was, then sometimes a little bit of a smaller guy might actually do a better job of concealing the football and ball handling stuff. And whether or not he's kept it or given it, actually, it actually might help you. To not be big and long and gangly like somebody like me, for that matter. So I don't, I don't know that the, the size necessarily. But, okay, I was looking at the numbers here. And it looks like he was a freshman who redshirted at Baylor in 2020. Maybe when I say redshirted, though, it doesn't count as a redshirt because 2020 was a free year for everyone. So most cycles, he would be, he would only have one year of eligibility left. But because 2020 was a free year for everyone, it didn't count against him or anybody else, he has two years left. So he played. Am I right? Yeah. Well, I say two years because he has a redshirt year, which he has not used. Because according to this, 2021, his technically freshman year, he played in six games according to this. Threw five touchdowns, no picks. That was 21. 72% completion, not bad. 2022, played in 13 games. 63%, 2,700 yards, 18 touchdowns, 10 picks. Played a whole year. So if I'm looking at it, you know, six games one year, 13 the next. That's two years of eligibility that's been burned. And then this year at Baylor, 2023, he played in eight games. So see what I mean? He's played three seasons at Baylor, three against his eligibility. But one of those was six games. One of those was eight games. So he's only had one year we played in all 13 games. This year at Baylor, played in eight games, 62% complete, 13 touchdowns, three interceptions. I don't know if there was an in injury history there or what. What it seems like I remember there being injuries that took he and maybe another guy out because Sawyer Robertson played some after transferring from state. So, uh, you know, in the games that he's played in, I mean, he's pretty doggone productive. I mean, in all of his years in college, he's somewhere in the neighborhood of seven and a half to eight yards an attempt. Uh, you know, overall touchdown interception across three years is 36 to 13. That's pretty good. Uh, 
uh, especially considering that you're in and out and you were young in those years. And, you know, I've seen just enough of him to know, like, the abilities there, athleticism, sure. Arm, yeah, you got it. I mean, you throw 36 and 13, you can probably compete. And, you know, and, and Levy's offensive system is quarterback friendly. It is. Um, and that's why I said, listen, I, you know, unless Chris Parson transfers out of there and decides he wants to go somewhere else, and I hadn't talked to one person about this, like on staff or a player, and I, this is just an observation from my, my standpoint, but I'd be willing to bet if I were a betting man that those offensive staff members, including Levy, have probably watched, you know, a series or two from Chris Parson and going, you know what, man, this kid can play in this offense. I, that's what I would think. I've watched, I've, I haven't put, you know, a film study video out there for you yet on the YouTube channel. I'm still working on it. I'm hoping to maybe even get it finished up maybe today, at least the first of several just kind of looking at some things that are interesting in the offenses that Jeff Levy has run, including this past year at Oklahoma. When I look at it, and you watch a guy like Dylan Gabriel play and run around, he's a left-handed guy. But, I mean, Parson is just as good, if not a better athlete, on his feet and running than, than Gabriel is. And he's bigger. I mean, Parson is like a 6'1 kid. Thick. I mean, came in there as a true freshman thick. I remember when Chris Parson got on campus going, I didn't realize, I mean, whatever high school this kid came from, they hit the weights. This ain't no skinny kid that needs a year in a weight room. I know that he kind of got forced into it this year because of injuries at quarterback. His first time out, he had a few wow moments, wow plays, and then um, they sort of threw him to the wolves. I I don't know. You know, it's easy to sit up in the press box with a radio headset on and question things and play calls and all that. And, you know, those guys have forgotten a lot of X's and O's that I'll ever, than I'll ever know. But he got roughed up early on and turned the ball over in that Texas A&M game. But there were in some situations where you got this freshman in, <laughs> at quarterback out of high school. And, like, the first interception he threw, Chris – the ball's like on the left hash, and they got him throwing a ball to the far right sideline, which is the longest, hardest throw you can make. And you don't make that throw in high school. Plus, the hashes are further away than they are in high school. It's just different. And then the next one, it was the opposite. Where you're on the right hash, you got him chunking it as far as he can throw on a far side comeback. I mean, surely for a kid out of high school who can run and move around, there's some other things we can do to give him a better chance to complete the ball. Or, or at least coach him up. Hey, don't try that. <laughs> don't try to throw that. But anyway, I digress. Uh, I just look at it and go, I, I I think state fans can be excited that there's a guy with a bunch of starts and games under his belt at the FBS level. So how many? I don't know if these are all starts, right? But uh, 27 27 games, uh, a grand total of 750-something pass attempts at 64%. That's a Blake Shapin who's played a ton of football, who is an athlete 
in a quarterback-friendly system that he's coming into to compete with a guy who, you know, in terms of size, Parsons actually a bigger kid than Shapin is. I'm just telling you, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if they wouldn't be surprised one bit if Chris Parson wins the job. Now, again, maybe you never. Maybe tomorrow he goes and says, I'm out, I'm transferring. You never know these days. But if he's there, it wouldn't surprise me one bit for him to win it and play. He's just that kind of player. I mean, he was just brand new this past year, hadn't played yet, you know, straight out of high school. But uh, but obviously, for a guy like Shapin, too, um, it's an opportunity for him, you know, win the job and go play in a system and do it at the SEC level and let it rip and see how it goes. So experience counts for something. That's for sure. As far as high school kids coming in, I don't, I don't really know that much about it. Hey, and on that note too, you know, I mentioned watching. I uh, specifically went back and watched the Oklahoma Texas game from this year. It's one that Oklahoma won. It's a really entertaining game. If you were to go back and watch some of that, notice the position and alignment and width of the splits from time to time of the wide receivers in that Oklahoma offense. I mean, they would line up in some wild formations and wild places. And at times, they spread the field so far, it's like the camera has to zoom out just to get them all on the camera shot. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a different approach. It's fun to watch now. And when they kick it into high gear and go fast, they they were going as fast as maybe any offense I've ever seen. So we'll see if they can do that at State. Y'all stick around. Do you crave your sport? It's often difficult to satisfy that special hunger. Not here, because you've got Matt Wyatt. Oh, I am starving. Don't worry, he's got a menu full. All right. Back with you. Let's see what everybody's saying here. Team Williams on the Murray West live thread said it's interesting that Sawyer Robertson went from MSU to Baylor. Shaping goes from Baylor to MSU. He says, having been part of both schools, I'll accept it. Sikkim and Hale State. How about that? Baylor and State. Um, now, how about this? Bobo says there is a video on YouTube of Blake Shapin being trained by State's very own Damian Williams. Now, how about that? I didn't know that Damian was doing that. Former quarterback at State, he was a backup to Dak Prescott. Damian was a Louisiana kid himself, and and Blake Shapin from Shreveport, so maybe there's your connection. That's really interesting. Uh, I have to look that up. There's a lot of guys out there really doing good work, you know, training uh, guys in the offseason, kind of being coaches uh, in the offseason. It's neat. More power to them. Uh, somebody on the live thread said Shapin is an average QB. We can do way better. I see Parsons starting. Um, <laughs> it's funny the things that people say nowadays in recruiting. Lewis said the good thing about Shapin is he came cheap and supposedly called us. <laughs> I mean, gives us experience in the room. Um, <clears throat> AB says, hey, Matt, any fan 
who thinks Chris Parson is better than Shapin does not know offense or college football. Ha ha. <laughs> he says, I like Parson, but his experience is nothing compared to Shapin. Just look at the tape. Well, and it is true. Um, it, there is no comparison from an experience standpoint. Now, I mean, you're talking about Shapin, a guy who, like we said, has played in and started most of 20, what, was, what did we say, 27 games, 28 games in his college career, getting closer to 800 pass attempts so far, uh, a 30-something to 11, 12 interceptions in his career, whatever the case may be, touchdown-interception ratio. So, like, experience is no comparison. And what I would say, A.B., is, you know, Chris Parson, he played a few snaps this year in relief because of injuries, and he's a first-year player out of high school. And I, I, I didn't think – I didn't feel like at times – what they were asking him to do was the was all that great for him in some of the situations that they were in, uh, but it was just a bad offense. And I'm gonna be honest with you, it was a you know think about this, AB. You you said okay, just look at the tape, but what are you gonna watch of the few snaps that Chris Parson took this year on the tape? Really, like what are you gonna watch of him? It's his true freshman year. He appeared in two games, and he did start one of those. Um, completed five of 12 in that start against A&M, but he had the interceptions too. But I can go back and, and kind of point to those. Um, made his coll collegiate debut, came in the third quarter against Kentucky. So he appeared in two games, and you go, well, the tape. Well, what tape? You really don't even really have tape of Chris Parson. Because I promise you, whether it's a few snaps or several, it's a bad it was a bad offense. You're on a bad offense, it kind of makes everybody look bad. And it's gonna be an entirely different system. So from a prospect standpoint, you could argue that Chris is a better quarterback prospect long-term. He's bigger. He's younger, for sure. But he hands down is less experienced. But with some guys, you get in a system that fits. and It just wouldn't surprise me. I mean, like, it wouldn't surprise me either way. I'm not going to be the least bit surprised if they go in there and they go in the spring. Well, Shapin's won the job. He's, he's first string, okay. Not surprised. Same token, it wouldn't surprise me one bit. Parson wins the job. It's his. He's your quarterback for several years. It just would not surprise me either way. Uh, Dan, is it Dan? Don. Don on the live thread says, Parson and Van Buren are very talented. Either one could be our starter in 25, but I do believe one will start and the other will transfer. I mean, most of that happens. Most of the time, guys who don't win jobs these days, they transfer. Uh, Team Williams said, this is Elizabeth Williams. Damien trains here in the Dallas area with Fred Ross. How about that? That is really cool. <clears throat> Two former guys out there in Dallas training people. That's cool. That's really neat. Thanks for watching and commenting on the show. 
<laughs> A.B. said, hey, Matt, I'm done with these MSU fans who think Shapin is no good. <laughs> they have never seen great quarterback play, so why do I even bother telling them about Shapin? Good grief. Well, and some of it you got to project too, right? So much of it is who's around them, really, really and truly. You can take some, some excellent players at times and put a bad team around them, they're going to look bad. You can take some bad players at times, put a great player team around them, they're going to look good at times. <laughs> um, so it's a, we got to remember sometimes a team game, it's just not an individual deal, even though we would love to be able to evaluate it that way. But you can't. I mean, ask the NFL. All right, country please and text line. Let me roll through some of these. More bully. I'm just reading it, y'all. More bully says. He said, I had my favorite cake, carrot cake, when my divorce was final. Unnamed texture says, you never know when you open the tin, talking about the, the cookie, the decorative cookie tin, if it'll have cookies or if your grandma would put her sewing kit in it. That's why they called it sewing cookies. The sewing kit may be in there. Uh, Jason in Flagstaff he says if you're wanting to fly fish for trout you ought to look into it when you're out here for the game yeah we gotta go to uh, Tempe next year for the Arizona State game he says there's some good spots an hour or two north of Phoenix scenery alone is worth getting out for a look be a long drive but hey when they do it just drive all day um Jeremy commented, you know, got the pond at Lake Lamar Bruce where the state's uh, stocked rainbow trout in it during the cold time of the year here. And he says, for those inline spinners, use pink or fluorescent colors. Thanks for the tip on that. Nickelback texts the show and says, if you project out the games that he missed, Blake Shapin would have had more yards and a few less touchdowns than Dart with a lot less talent around him. Dart had 2,900. Blake would have gotten 3,100. So could have, would have, should have. Real unnamed texter says they should drop some trout in McNair Springs in McGee. They call it the ice box. <laughs> Might be cold enough, huh? I guess then again it's about controlling them so they don't get out. Grizz says that um, Jeff Levy learned some of those the formational stuff from Josh Heupel. Josh is known for his wide receivers lining up wide outside the numbers. Well, and Grizz, that's what I was talking about. You know, you go watch the Oklahoma and Texas. Well, it could be any game probably for their offense. The one I watched was Oklahoma Texas. And there were times in that game where, no joke, the wideouts on each side of the formation, they were literally like a foot from being out of bounds. Like they started the play nearly with their foot on the sideline. And they, in that game, did some really cool pass concepts to use the outside leverage and the inside leverage, switch them or follow them to bunch up the DBs and then split them off again. And you didn't know, was it, were they crossing or were they coming back out? Almost like you do pick plays on a goal line but except way out in space, way out on the field, and they would get people open underneath. They'd get people open on top, kind of make it hard on the DBs to have to switch. You know, they, they had some neat things they did. And then the other thing that does, you think about it. You're running, let's say you run zone read deal. You're in four wides, okay? And all four are spread all the way to the sideline. So you respect pass because they will throw out of that, but that's, 
four to five to six more yards of width we're working with here. So if we then run, you know, you know, zone, we're going to zone back to the right, and I'm reading the backside in, I read it and I give. If we do pop it on the edge, that's one more step or, or maybe one and a half more steps to two that those outside defenders are going to have to take to get back in here to where my ball carrier is. Like just adding a little bit more space can be the difference in, you know, a five-yard run versus a two-yard run. And that you do that ten times in a game, we're talking about 30 more yards right there just in that many more steps they got to take to defend us. It's pretty interesting. And, and it's elementary. You can look at it in hindsight and sort of stop the tape and show and make it look simple, but then having all that worked into a routine where it's well-oiled, where you can line up that wide, you can wide up, line up that tight. At times you can have four on one side, motion them out of it, and do it all in this every now and then hit the gas and start going hurry up so fast that – I mean, defenses are not able to line up. And um, you can watch it and think, you know what? If they can get this installed and run it this way year one at State, it's going to be fun to watch. And you're going to have running backs that will get yards that they normally didn't get just simply because defenses aren't quite ready for the snap yet. Why not do it if you can? All right. That's it for today. Good show, y'all. Thank you for your comments, your phone calls, your text messages. For Beaver, I'm Matt, all of us here on the show. I'll see you tomorrow, same time, same place, here in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. See you.